Returning to our earlier story about post-election limbo, the deadline for the Electoral Commission to count special votes, including overseas ballots, is Friday, November the 3rd. It's estimated there is about 567,000 of them, or just over 20% of total votes. Graham Edgler is a Wellington barrister and an expert in electoral law, and he joins us now. Kia ora, Graham. Kia ora. You would have heard everybody asking, why does it take so long? Can you explain to us why does it take so long to get a final count? It takes so long because the choice we've made in New Zealand is to make it easy to vote. And so in very few countries are you allowed to vote in any voting place in the entire country. Certainly not in the UK or Canada or places like that. In lots of those places you're told this is the one voting place you can vote. Your local library is the only place you can go. That's the only place you can go. In New Zealand, we allow people to class a special vote all over the country. And so when people do that, when people enrol on the day, because it's easier for them, um, all the checks that we have to do when someone enrols and, enrols and all the checks that we have to do, you know, once we get the special votes that maybe were cast in Auckland but have to be counted in Dunedin, you know, it takes a little time to do those sort of processes. You know, when, I'm, when I enrol to vote, you know, two years ago, you know, when I moved house, you know, they did the checks then. But if someone's enrolling today, the checks that they do to make sure this is a real person and not a fake name, you know, checking with births, death and marriages, or if the person's from overseas, checking with Immigration New Zealand, that they've got the type of visa that allows them to vote. Those things take a little while. Um, getting the votes from Auckland to Dunedin or back takes a little while. And all of those checks need to happen before we can start counting the votes for the official count. And Graham, what kind of scrutiny is there? Because others, um, there have been people asking on social media, you know, it's a manual system, you go in there, they get their ruler out, they cross you out on the electoral roll. So when it comes to the count, how much scrutiny is there to make sure people haven't double dipped or someone's not masquerading as someone else? There's a lot. I mean, so the first thing they do, and it's something they don't do on election night where they just count all the votes that were there, or at least all the ordinary votes. The first thing they do, and the thing they'll be doing today, is what's called the scrutiny of rolls. You know, every copy of an electoral roll that was in your voting place and every other voting place in your electorate, you know, has everyone's name in, and they will be going through and checking, you know, is Lisa Owen's name crossed off? Has it been crossed off twice? You know, and if the answer is yes, then they investigate. You know, maybe it was a mistake. You know, sometimes we've had, you know, two people, your father and son, with a similar name, and you, you just, they investigate it and realise, oh, this person, you know, <laughs> laid on a, you know, after working for 10 hours at the voting place, you know, crossed off, you know, the, the, the father's name when they were supposed to cross off the son. So mistakes happen, but also some people do try it. And, you know, they first thing they check before they go and count the votes, has anyone's name been crossed off twice? And if they have, they investigate, which can potentially, you know, them coming and visiting you or calling you up. If they think someone might have voted on your behalf, the police can get involved at some point to do the investigation because it is illegal. Uh, and those checks all have to happen. Um, before they start officially counting. And if they do find out that someone has voted twice, which, you know, there are a handful, you know, every year, um, they go through laboriously and find the votes that those people cast and take them out before they do the official count. Graham, the other thing that is a slight quirk this election is the sad death of a candidate in Port Waikato, that electorate, which means there's now going to be a by-election by so soon after um, a, a general election. Why do we do it this way, and is there a better way to do it? 
I think there is a better way to do that. We do it that way because I think it makes a little sense under first past the post. And when we moved from first past the post to MMP, we copied over a lot of the rules we had. And that was one that we copied over, I think, without really thinking about it. You know, particularly, you know, you could make sense if it's a safe national seat or a safe Labour seat where you know who's going to win. You know, the death of the current MP or the candidate whom you know is going to win, you know, you know, you could see why. But if it's a candidate who, you know, like, let's be honest, I think the ACT candidate, Mr Christensen, probably knew he wasn't going to be elected as, you know, the member for Port Waikato. Um, you know, if you, do we really need that vote, given that now we're under MMP and what really matters is the party vote? Um, I've suggested for a number of sort of reviews of elections now that we don't. We could go with the US system. You know, if an MP dies and they're elected MP, you have to have a by-election. So a few years ago, Padakura Horomia died, and there was a by-election. You know, sad, you know, that's the process. You don't have an MP anymore. You have a by-election. And so my suggestion has been for some time... Um, you know, if the candidate who wins is dead, well, treat it the same way you would be as if they were an MP. They basically have been elected as an MP. If an MP is dead, you have a by-election, and that's when you should have it happen. But, you know, sometimes it could be, you know, an independent or something like that. This is the first time it's happened in a long time. It's the first time certainly it's happened under MMP. Um, but I don't think the system needs, needs to be set up this way now that what really matters is the party vote. And the electorate vote is mostly deciding, you know, who... What's the order of MPs for a particular party, you know, when you're counting up, working out how many lists and how many electorate MPs they have? Um, and the extra thing, which, to be perfectly honest, I didn't realise was the case, and I think is particularly silly, is the fact that we're going to have, you know, one more MP. Um, if, this were, if this was a, an independent MP had won an electorate, um, when you're working out on, on a, with the official count how many MPs does each party get, well... We're supposed to have 120. One's been won by an independent. How many do we divide between the parties which have won party votes? We subtract one and divide 119. Um, I think that's what we should probably do here as well. Um, we already do it if an independent wins, although, again, that hasn't happened for a while. Um, and so, oh, you know, there's going to be one more MP. That MP is going to be from... Port Waikato, whoever it is, uh, we can't take them into account when working out which parties get which votes, but we can take into account that someone's going to win the Port Waikato by-election and, and leave one seat vacant when we're doing, doing the maths at the end. Thank you. We appreciate your expertise. That's Graham Edgler, who's a Wellington barrister. His area of expertise is electoral law there, um, talking about those uh, special votes. So November the 3rd, Friday, November the 3rd is the deadline for counting them.